Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. It's true that some things change as we get older. But if you're a woman over 40 and you're dealing with insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, and weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. And with MIDI Health, you can get help and stop pushing through it alone. The experts at MIDI understand that all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes that happen around menopause. And MIDI can help you feel more like yourself again. Many healthcare providers aren't trained to treat or even recognize menopause symptoms. MIDI clinicians are menopause experts. They're dedicated to providing safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions for dozens of hormonal symptoms, not just hot flashes. Most importantly, they're covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. You deserve to feel great. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. And now, podcasting from the sun-scorched desert southwest, weighing in at a combined total of 340 pounds, Brad Winchester, Tyler McDowell-Blanken, our gimmick infringement. Welcome everybody to the Gimmick Infringement Podcast. I am Brad Winchester and with me is my tag team partner, Tyler McDowell-Blanken. Tyler, we were just talking. My voice is back. That's a that's a good thing. I think for most people, it's a good thing. Uh, I'm I'm having a good weekend. How are you doing today? I'm great. I'm so happy that your voice is back, Brad. Um, it, it feels like all is right in the world again. At least here at GI, <laughs> busy week, man. Just an absolute blur between work between work and school. And then yesterday was busy, but with some some friends uh, and happy stuff. So yeah, man, feeling very blessed, feeling grateful that uh, I'm here with you today. We made it to Sunday. I know we have a loaded episode. So I am just uh, so excited to be here and, and glad that you're feeling better. Thank you. Yeah, I appreciate that. Uh, I have to ask and the people want to know how was the first week? Oh, man, thank you. The first full week of the semester was really productive. So we, if I can even remember what happened, we had uh, just a lot of student inquiries. So I work on the student recruitment end of things. So there were students who just started, who uh, were reaching out for some assistance as they sort of acclimate. And then there are still students, current seniors, um, predominantly who are reaching out about next admission for next fall. And then we have our transfer population. Some are interested in the spring semester, spring 23, fall 23. So it was a lot. I want to share one quick anecdote. There was a student who called our recruitment line. Uh, So we rotate recruitment line shifts. We have a number on the website for the College of Education, and we have shifts to answer it. So during my shift on Friday, there was a student who called, and they were having connection issues in their residence hall or in their dorm. And I went on this whole spiel about, thanks so much for calling. Hope your first week was great, blah, blah, blah. Really nice student. 
And I said, have you checked in with your, your desk assistant, uh, the people who greet you in the dorm when you walk in? And they said, yeah, they actually recommended I call you all, which was not the right move. We are not tech support <laughs> for Arizona State University whatsoever. Wow. So I was basically suggesting this to her. I went on like a probably 60 to 90 second soliloquy about it because the student's brand new. And they told me kindly like, oh, no, I actually I, I went to the desk already. And they told me to call you. So anyway, we got them, I think, taken care of. I, I didn't hear back from them. I just sent them an email and transferred them. But yeah, there were a lot of inquiries. Hopefully I gave a lot of accurate, supportive answers. And the first week was good. It was just so busy. Campus was was popping, but we, we made it, man. I'm, I'm feeling very uh, grateful for the position I'm in. Very happy. That's awesome to hear. Uh, hopefully that kid turned their their laptop off and then back on again. You know, and... I should have suggested that. <laughs> I should yeah. have. They yeah, called that Friday at like 4.38 as well. So it was like you got 22 got minutes me. to resolve this before every employee is gone for the weekend. You know, it's funny you said it. that. Uh, I so, so when we got our solar installed, they were supposed to send us like a, a, a welcome, congrats, it's all set up, all the things are approved, you just have to turn it on, and a video of how to turn on your solar system. So um, nothing, no link, no video, and I'm like, all right, well, what the hell? So I called. It was like 4.59 when the person answered. They closed at 5. Um, he's like, oh, it's a good thing you called now. And he's like, I'm going to put in a work order. On Monday, they're going to send you the email with the video. Monday came and went, no video. Uh, I just had to Google it. Like I found a thing online and it was literally turn on the breaker in my electric panel, pull up the lever next to it on the new box. There's a lever. And, and then there's a, a knob that says on. That's that's literally it. I just had to do it in that order. It's a very logical approach. And I was like, this is this is it. I, I waited, I waited like a week and a half to to find out that i had to press three power buttons and that's it that's basically all i had to do um it'd be like that sometimes i'm I'm hoping i'm hoping for that student that's it and now they're in their classes and they're happy and they're on their way me me too man that that's a funny anecdote you shared and then finally uh a a friend of gi my um colleague dominic ayler i think you guys follow each other on twitter now which i learned which makes me really happy he to end the week sort of cap off the week at work he was um awarded an inquirer award so we had this all college meeting it was just on zoom there were like 350 people all teachers college from asu related or adjacent and he was one of 300 well there are 350 people that were there and he was one of maybe 10 to 12 people who received an award. And uh, this man just started like back in March and he won the Inquirer Award. So an employee who asked great questions, just really in the spirit of inquiry and trying to do right by students and the community. He won it, man. So it was so cool to see his reaction because he didn't expect it. And it's just nice to see. I know you feel this way about Marana High School and you know, I think you all still have staff of the month and mm-hmm. and yeah. awards at the end of the year and awards within the English department. It's so nice to see good people be recognized for Agreed. who they are. You know, it yeah. just that just makes me really happy. So that that was a great way to end the week too. Yeah, I was really hoping I would get a another ten year pin this year uh, to add to my two five year pins, but that that didn't happen. That so. didn't happen. No, I'll Do probably, I need to reach out to Dr. Dan Streeter, superintendent. No, I'll probably get two 15 year pins at some point. So we're, we'll be all right. We'll be all right. Um, Tyler, uh, I'm ready for your question one. Let's yeah, man. It. 
Lots of stuff happened this week. Lots of stuff happened. I think lots of stuff are forthcoming this week as we somehow already prepare for Clash Cannot of wait. the Castle and All Out. Cannot wait. I'm sure we will be in your inboxes later this week with, <laughs> yeah. with official previews yeah. for those yeah. shows. I'm just I'm so looking forward to it. But man, I have to start with Johnny Gargano. He's back. This feels like a month ago already in my mind. Yeah, that's crazy. But that was this less, week, right? Yes, as we record wow. less than a week ago, we record on a Sunday. This happened Monday of last week. Uh, Johnny Gargano made his return to Monday Night Raw. He interrupted Austin Theory and set up a that's potential right. feud. My question for you. What do you believe Johnny Gargano's ceiling is in this new Triple H-led WWE? I see some in the community, some fans are speculating that he may reform DIY with Tommaso Ciampa and become a formidable tag team. I've also seen some, I think this might be a bit of a reach, but I, I love Johnny. Maybe he is the guy to dethrone Roman Reigns because we know how highly Triple H thinks of him and his work. No he shot. was the guy in NXT. Yeah. So what do you think about those two options or do you have something else in mind? What is his ceiling on Monday Night Raw? Absolutely 0% chance he dethrones Roman Reigns. 0%. It's hard to envision. I, I tried to, I tried to fantasy book it. It's, it's a little hard. No, right? it's not. It's not happening, but I can see him like... I Triple H is old school enough where I think he understands the importance of the mid card titles to build somebody toward that WWE championship uh, outside of previous champions who don't need that necessarily like Drew. Uh, I don't know that like having Gunther carry the IC belt for a long time. Gunther's a future champ. I don't think there's anything, anything stopping that from happening, but like Gunther against Johnny Gargano, I don't even believe that. Like Gargano against Gunther against Sheamus. Um, it's not that they can't build him that way. I just think that they need to build him towards something. And I think the tag team division is the perfect place for him right now. Um, even though he's going to go on a singles run, I can see him. I can see him, whoever, whoever takes the the strap off of Bobby, um, him winning the U S title from, from like a heel person that has the title. I could see that happening. Uh, unless they make Gargano go heel, but they better not with Rebel Heart. So, uh, yeah, I, I I don't know what his ceiling is. Maybe a champ someday, but yes, I don't know that he needs to have it. I just he, he's 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 not Orange Cassidy. So don't get me wrong when I'm comparing characters, but like Orange Cassidy, I don't know that he necessarily needs the belts to be recognized as one of the best, um, just because of matches. But if it's going to be a belt, I think. Tag division is probably where it will be and uh, hopefully act sooner than later. Um, only because I feel like the same three or four teams are always competing against each other. And it's, that's it. Uh, I hate comparing it to AEW, but AEW just has such a stacked tag team division that it's hard to, it's hard to look at the current WWE division and not go, man, they need more people in there. Uh, and they've made steps. We have hit row there now. Um, but you know, eventually, uh, Ciampa's turning on Miz. Do you put Ciampa into, this is the other part. Do you put Ciampa into another tag team, um, right, right after he breaks with the Miz or do you let him have a singles run? So I don't, I don't know, like people are going to fantasy book that way because that's what they want, but I don't, I don't, I just don't see that happening. I think Johnny's going to do single stuff for a while. Uh, and if he does tag, it'll be with somebody else. Um, I, they're pretty clearly setting up the stuff with theory, but, um, I don't know what, what for, what the stakes will be. Maybe for the money in the bank out. briefcase. 
That's all I can think of. But they did that. That, that, gets, I feel us like to, they, that gets us to Roman potentially. No, but I feel like they did that so recently mm-hmm. that they they can't do that again. Like the putting up the. I'm just thinking of Otis. With Otis, um, Otis yeah. feels like the the last briefcase holder. Yeah, he who really who does. Was, who was last? Oh, Big E, of course. Right, Big E. And then Otis, and, but, yeah. But but that's that's why Otis I brought it up. Big E's Money in the Bank run was so forgettable because of how his title run went that it doesn't feel like he ever cashed it in or won. Like I forgot up until this moment, Big E, his his victory, his win, his cash in, I just forgot about it. Like yeah. I remember he, he beat Lashley. Champ, but... He beat Lashley on Raw. Yeah. Right. After Lashley got his ass whooped, but yeah. retained. Right. Um, and yeah, man, I don't, so I don't know. I don't know what they do with Gargano. I'm excited. He's there. Um, I think at the very least he adds intrigue to the mid card. So I love watching, I think Corbin and Ricochet have great chemistry. Their matches have been really good for the, the big guy and a smaller quick guy. It's, it was, they've been putting on some, some good matches, but this is the most old raw that Roth or uh SmackDown that SmackDown's felt like in a while. Like it just felt like a, a couple of repeated things and not much happened. It was the most rampagey SmackDown um, that I, I think I sent you that, uh, that it's, yeah. it's felt in a while, but raw was one of the best raws I've seen in a long time. So sure. that Toronto was... raw was amazing, but that's yeah. dynamite and rampage right now. And SmackDown's usually not that way. So if you can get more mid card talent in to bolster the roster and make fresh matchups, I think Johnny is a perfect fit. His ceiling, who knows? I'm just glad he's there to make things interesting. What say you? I'm so happy that he was presented as a big deal. So yes. we, we got the 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 we got the pop for him and we got Rebel Heart. In terms of his ceiling, yeah, I, I could absolutely see him forming with Champa. Him getting to the world title, it particularly against say a Roman Reigns mm-hmm. is, is feels a little more far fetched. To me, but then we also have the potential of the way reforming on, on the main roster. That makes so more sense to me. I know he may be starting out in a feud with Theory, but I think anyone with a pair of eyes would um, recognize that the way was a success in NXT. And I think they still had um, more to do. So if you bring Indy Hartwell up, Dex- Dexter ironically is is hanging out on raw he's presumably part of the roster well got arrested um, on nxt so. he got yeah exactly and then, and then if if, if uh, uh johnny gargano's wife uh candice larray candice wrestling returns to the ring at some point perhaps this year that could also be an avenue for him so i agree with you mid card seems definitely in his in his near future mm-hmm. mid card right. gold but uh, i'm not ready to catapult him into the the world title conversation yet i think before that we'll get cody back challenging right. for it and theory still has the briefcase so i i would be shocked if they don't do something with theory cashing that in not say i want and not saying i want a theory world title run but can you really have the money in the bank briefcase be cashed in yeah and and that person lose again i i don't to me that just really sinks the value of money in the bank even even further yes i agree i agree totally uh i the prospect you said something there the prospect of cody and gargano having matches sign me up yeah sign me up that maybe that's cody's first first challenger when he presumably 
comes back next year and and uh, wins wins the big belt. Yeah. Um, the other thing too is I thought about this for one of my questions, but the fact that uh, Gargano being t- talked about being on NXT and the main roster commentary no longer ignoring that NXT exists, uh, that other places don't exist. The El Generico reference uh, a week ago, um, amazing. So um, <clears throat> I I'm just so I'm so happy that things seem to be making sense again, that everything seems connected and feels bigger and more important. Everything feels more important. Every match feels important uh, or at least like bigger, like there's a debut and now we have uh, a thing or a segment, the, uh, the, the, the pop that came out of rare farms loop for the backstage street profits hit row segment. <laughs> um, it's just, yeah, man, I, I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen in the future, but I'm excited for it. Me too. So my question is about the future as well. So uh, I have some quotes from you. It's straight out of a business report from the WWE and I have some numbers. So I'll, I'll try to repeat them. The net income last year, according to this WWE report was 63.9 million. Um, it was a 76 cent per diluted, diluted share and increased from 13.6 million or 16 cent per diluted share, primarily reflecting higher operating performance. In other words, the shares were worth more. Everybody made more money, uh, but that's the net income according to the WW reports record. So it's the 2021 report record and then 2022 outlook. It continues with the outlook that re- reads the company outlines its expectations for 2022, which assume ticketed audience at the company's live events for the full year and target record revenue and adjusted range of 360 to 375 million, which would be an all time record. We know given our professions that uh, success isn't indicated exclusively by monetary uh, measures. However, the WWE is a publicly traded company that is beholden to their shareholders. Now that trips is running things. Do you think the 63, the projected thing, here we go this year, 63.9 net uh, earnings or uh, increased income, I guess net income was 63.9 million. Do you think that for 2022, that is a low high or on the money prediction? Do you think it will be more less or right around there. And the overall revenue of the top end 375 with trips running thing, 375 million for the year. Do you think that is low high or on the money? Wow. Fantastic question. I think both are on the money. It's, it's an important reminder for us to remember how popular WWE is and how many homes they reach. It is an absolute global Titan. And I think that, Tight sports. I see what you did there. (laughs) Thank you. I think with uh, Triple H back in charge, I I really believe that so much of the fan base, their interest, consistent interest in WWE and willingness to spend money is going to be completely rejuvenated. I hope our listeners are not only listening to GI, but watching. I think you took a swig. Oh, okay. I'm I'm taking a swig of that, that coffee, and it didn't hit right. It's it's water in here. It's I just water. have water. Okay, uh, yeah. With the, okay. So I don't. I didn't. Yeah. So I didn't knock it. Knock it over. I didn't. I haven't had coffee yet today. <laughs> um, but yeah, it popped back through the lid and just absolutely sloshed me. My pants are wet. Do you have a Starbucks shirt on right now, my friend? I don't. I'm making. Or is it Packers? Mr. Carl Siegloff. Very proud. Oh, very good. Okay. Shout out. 
Shout out to former colleague and great friend Carl Siegloff. <clears throat> yeah, Norwegian dude. Great Norwegian dude, former firefighter. So Brad, my answer to your question on the money. Um, I... When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. For This may be a, a more how I'm thinking about this, but I think it may resonate with you and, and perhaps some of our listeners and, and viewers. The interest, I think, is going to be rekindled in WWE for so many of us. And most importantly, related to your question, our willingness to spend money uh, on the company. So yeah. not just our, our Peacock subscription, <laughs> but our willingness to uh, spend on WWE shop or to go to live events. You remember, I think even on this podcast, not just off it, we shared our conflicting feelings back in the summer, uh, May, June, July, about going to the house show in Tucson yeah. because of, uh, like we've spoken about at length, we want to support companies that sh- seem to share the same values as us, whether it's related to um, social political values or the environment or X, Y, and Z. So we were struggling with that because we know WWE, particularly Vince McMahon, have not been accused of of perhaps being the most ethical um, or or diverse people in the world. So I think with Triple H now in charge, and granted, we don't maybe know his his dirt as much as we we know with Vince McMahon. And hopefully he's just seems to have a, a stronger moral compass and definitely yeah. gives us a better product. I think that people like you and I will be more willing to add to their revenue because we feel good about buying, say, an EO Sky shirt or Dakota Kai or oh, yeah. um, you know, the hurt business or or whatever it may be. I think there are people like us who are more willing to feel good about putting our money to this company. So I think it's I think it's on the money, total pun intended. Um, I think their product is just going to be really, really good. And you know, when Karrion Cross becomes undisputed champion, Brad, people are just going to want to spend their money with this company tenfold. They're going to want to lip sync to Scarlet's song. We we know that we yeah, have some. I'm I'm fine with that. I don't want her doing it. <laughs> that's fair. I hope that's my one. She, thing and is, she hasn't. He, she hasn't. But that's my one thing. Is I we're so hopeful about Triple H. I'm a little worried that we're teetering on. All of this ends with Karrion Cross becoming the face of the company. Hmm. I know it's kind of a separate question in and of itself, but that's my only hesitancy right now is I think I think Cross is a really good talent. I just am worried that his absolute domination of black and gold NXT is going to be what we see on Raw and SmackDown hmm. sooner than later. But regardless, on the money. I think a lot of fans are going to be rekindled by by the new leadership. How about you? I think um, maybe maybe they're playing the long game here. Maybe they've already. Uh, we're gonna. I'm gonna. I'm gonna bring up Bray Wyatt again. Can't believe I'm doing this. We have to. It's, um, it's, it's a requirement of GI. Yeah. Yeah. Apparently it is. But Karrion Cross winning winning the straps and that's how it ends, right? It it feels like it has to. Um, Triple H loves who, that guy. Who stops him? A returning Big E, but that that might be another year. Yeah. Um, Cody, if, if ever, Cody has to be right. I I don't think Cody. 
No, I, I now Cody wouldn't be the right guy to take out Karrion Cross. If Karrion Cross takes out Roman, Cody's not taking out Karrion Cross, but Cody Cross, Cody could take out Roman. So um, that's the, I, I don't know how how to explain it. Like Cody's not a monster killer. He's just not. But we know a monster. He's a throne. He's a throne breaker. He's a throne breaker. Yes, he is. And uh, I, I will say that that Karrion Cross gives me kind of early game Triple H vibes. Yeah, the way you that can, he, you that can fit, see yeah. it, right? Yeah, you can absolutely see it. Yeah, um, and he's a good talent. I just, I, I don't know. Something's missing for me. They, I don't think they built him back up for the roster. So the main roster, they just represented him the way that he was being presented in NXT. But that was after they killed him. So. You can't you can't destroy a man with a crappy mask and the stupid gear and the gladiator pants and all this bullshit you put on him, buried him and then sent him on his way. His debut had no entrance. That's like, that was like half his shtick. So um, yeah. to, to present him without the thing that makes him him was really stupid. And now what are we left with? The guy that lost immediately to Jeff Hardy. So uh, as champion, by the way. Um, so, so what right. was the, what and, was the and point pr- of this? Prior to that, I think this is not, this is, um, being unfair to cross, but I think I hold the Keith Lee match against him. Do you remember when it was yes. cross versus Keith Lee? Yeah. I think it was like NXT 30 and, um, yeah. it just seemed like cross kind of squashed Keith. I was like, wait, that's not, that's not what I wanted. That's not how it was supposed to go. Even if I, even if I knew Keith probably wasn't winning the match, I just felt like, did we need to. Yeah. make Keith look like a toddler I just, for the benefit of Cross. I feel like you just quoted John Moxley uh, in a post-match promo. Oh, was that not how you was supposed that, to go? I'm the guy. This is my time. It was so good. You were um, writing my obituary. Yeah, exactly. It was really great. Um, it was really great. <clears throat> yeah, I, I, I don't know what you do with Keith. Or Keith, Jesus. Carrion. Uh, I don't know what you do with Carrion. I, I feel like he's probably going to be the guy. I just, who better to take him on than than Fiend Bray Wyatt, somebody that hasn't had an interaction with him, somebody that is the bigger monster. Um, the only thing that it could be after that is Demon Finn, but I don't think that's going to happen. I also don't know how Triple H feels about Fiend because he worked with cult leader Bray in NXT before getting called up. So, um, well, I guess we'll we'll find out what happens. I wouldn't hate seeing cult leader Bray come back either. Um, I just don't know if there's a lot of story left there. After what they did with Randy, I feel like there's you've you've peaked at that point and that that character's arc is over. But Fiend said I'll be back soon, someday soon. So hopefully that happens. Hopefully we get that, uh, and hopefully, hopefully Tyler can can make a special delivery. Twelve pack roses. It's time for a rose from Tyler. And now, for a rose from G.I.'s most eligible bachelor. I must confess that right before you set this up, I was quickly trying to Google and find a video for you that is very relevant for this segment. We had hometowns this past week, Brad, uh, and it's going to actually continue into this week, but we saw the bulk of it here for Rachel and Gabby's men. And in this week's Rose Report, gimmickinfringementpod.com, you will notice that I broke this up into winners and losers. It's, it's one of my favorite gimmicks. <coughs> in terms of winners from this episode, 
It has to start. The conversation must begin with Tino's dad. Brad, I was so wrong about this. The trailer for last week's episode set it up as to where we would believe Tino's dad is sort of the classic heel dad trope of him not not being welcoming to the woman his son is interested in. But we were wrong. Tino's dad presented himself as a heel. I think you'll appreciate this. Simply because he and his wife, Tino's mother, just kept asking Rachel. They could not conceive how two people who met five weeks ago are now ready to be engaged. They just kept asking Rachel, I I don't understand. How do you, what do you know about my son? What do you love most about him? And she said, you know, I love his kindness. He, he, he told me he just donates blood just when he feels like giving back. And so it, it, it felt, it felt like that whole situation, the way that visit played out was just confirming Tino's dad's reservations that this, the concept of the show, although we love the show, Brad, you and I, two batchies, Although we love the show, the concept... I'll, I'll make sure make sure Jess hears, hears this. <laughs> the concept of itself is just a little ridiculous. These people met five weeks ago, and now they're ready to be engaged. And presumably, uh, you know, it, it's till death do us part from there. So Tino's dad, major winner. Also on this episode, we saw that uh, Zach has uh, just affirmed his position as a front runner for Rachel. I think it's between Zach and Tino at this point, but Zach's hometown went much better. Major update for you, my dude, Eric on Gabby's side of things. Eric with an H at the end. Yeah. From New Jersey. Eric. He, yeah. Yes. He has positioned himself uh, in the driver's seat for, for Gabby's heart here. He had a really great hometown. We learned that his dad has actually been battling an illness. Uh, his mom is very caring. And this was a really great episode for Eric. So my, <laughs> speaking of people who I thought were heels, uh, Eric, I think is, may actually be a decent guy. And, and I think may end up getting the final rose from Gabby. Finally, some losers. We did not see Avon in this episode at all. Apparently, uh, this week's episode is going to start with Avon's hometown visit. And then we'll move on to who goes home, who stays. And then there's the men tell all. It's a whole thing, Brad. But we got no Avon this week, which I feel some type of way about. And then finally, this was the video I was going to try to quickly find for you if you haven't already seen it. Tyler was let go by Rachel. This uh, kicked off the episode, if I'm remembering correctly. Tyler brought Rachel to the Jersey Shore uh, and then to meet his family after. Okay. But he didn't get past that. They walked the Jersey Shore. It was a cloudy, overcast day. They had the whole Jersey Shore to themselves. By the end of that, Rachel realized, I think this guy is awesome, but he's not hes not the one for me. A, a common quote on the show when you're going to dump someone is, I just can't get there with you. Respectfully. So that happened to Tyler. So obviously, for obvious reasons, I'm hurt by that. He seemed like a good dude. You know my love for New Jersey as my mother is from there. Um, but yeah, it was really heartbreaking because he was just confessing his love for her while Rachel was ready, like at any moment to say, hey, dude, actually, I don't feel the same way about you. I think you're an amazing guy, but you're not my soulmate. So it was tough to watch. Tyler went home. We're getting Avon this week. I don't think Avon's going to make it to the finals, unfortunately. Uh, so really good episode. Hometowns were everything we wanted, Brad. And then some, I'm still predicting Tino and now Eric to win it all. 
we'll see if my predictions come true. Yeah, I'm sorry to hear that somebody named Tyler got the Kathy Harvey treatment, but uh, it's uh, it's a tough it's world out there. It's devastating. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I'm ready to be devastated in my brain by your second question, Tyler. Hit me. Yeah, Brad, I am uh, so eager to ask you about this. So a very newsworthy week in AEW. I, I yes, think I kind of know what your question is going to be, and I'm not going to ask that. I'm sure we'll get to the hot topics. Probably not. It. I mean, yours. like, you probably don't know what I'm going to ask. Oh, yeah. okay. There you go. So my question for you is related to All Out, which yeah. as our recording is going to happen one week from today. I know you are stoked. I can't wait. I want to reflect and kind of compare last year's All Out card to what we're seeing from this year's All Out card. Several matches were added uh, this past Wednesday and Friday. And specifically, Brad, I want to focus on the representation and the diversity of the the respective cards. So if you think back, this is going to be a long setup. Bear with me. If you think back to last year's All Out 2021, um, I have the wiki page right here. It looks accurate to me. Not a scholarly source, but it'll work for, for the uh, GI episode. You'll recall, Brad, that this event was universally praised. Uh, I think many would argue this is AEW's greatest show to date. If we run down some of the... Wow. Um, Matches that were spotlighted. We had Miro defeating Eddie Kingston for the TNT title that opened the show. Moxley defeated Kojima. Dr. Britt Baker, DMD, defeated Chris Statlander. The Lucha Brothers de defeated the Young Bucks in that epic steel cage match. I think that was a match of the year contender for many of us. Ruby Soho made her debut, and she eliminated Thunder Rosa in the Women's Casino Battle Royale. Chris Jericho defeated MJF. CM Punk defeated Darby Allen. This was CM Punk's in-ring debut for the company. That's right. Um, Paul White defeated QT Marshall. Kind of an odd match to be on the card, but it happened. And then finally, Kenny Omega. For Shivani's, Shivani's kid's honor. Yes, ex exactly. Yeah. And then finally, Kenny Omega um, defeated Christian Cage. He retained his AEW World Championship. Of course, after that, we get the debuts of Adam Cole and Brian Danielson. The game was changed wild, that night. Wild card. Exactly. That being said, though, white one. If we, <laughs> you, I'm look looking at, at the, man. I'm looking at the pictures right now, going, holy no, shit. I, yes, you, you, you beat me to it. Ko um, Kojima, and then uh, the debut on AEW of Murder Grandpa also happened on that card yes. after the match. So Good call. That's um, right. we did get that, but that was about as diverse as it gets. Lucha Brothers. And Lucha yeah. Brothers. Yeah. Um, so if we fast forward now to this year's all out, all out 22 matches that have been added, Brad, we have for the tag team championships, Swerve in our glory versus the acclaimed Ricky Starks versus powerhouse Hobbs, Jade versus Athena. Uh, to my knowledge, all the black talent that are on this year's All Out are facing against each other in matches, which I'm not opposed to. I'm excited for all three of those. But how are you feeling about this year's All Out card, particularly with regard to representation? I think you and I are stoked for all the matches I laid out. But maybe the better question for you is revisiting this conversation about representation one year later. Yeah, I think you can see some of the strides that the company has made if we just compare the two cards. But what are your thoughts on representation in this company one year apart? Are there great strides that have been made? Is there progress that still needs to happen? And not we can focus, of course, on black talent, but you can take representation uh, 
as broad of a scope as you would like. Where are you at with representation in AEW? And is this card a, a sign that there have been strides that have been made or is this kind of a one-off? I think there's been huge progress in AEW. Um, huge. I mean, look at the card. Uh, last year, I think the only people that, uh, aside from the uh, the Latin talent and the, uh, I think, one Asian, well, it's technically two Japanese wrestlers um, that, that showed up uh, or wrestled on the card, Private Party, I think, were the only black wrestlers. Maybe, maybe I'm wrong here outside of like the casino battle Royale. Uh, we had, we had Jade and we had Nyla, um, but I can't remember who else was in there. Uh, it in, in a casino battle Royale, not singles matches, not anything, not on the poster. Mistakes. Yeah. Well, they're on the poster. They're this big in the frame. If you look at the cards for each mass match, they had like the, the posters for the match cards that they do. Uh, I guess they're tile cards versus the main poster, which they absolutely were not a part of. That was one white poster. Uh, I, as it was when I looked at, uh, I was looking at the full gear poster that you uh, you graciously left me in my classroom thinking the exact same thing about that poster. Um, we, got brand, have, we got Brandy, but that was, yeah, that's that was it. maybe about it. <laughs> I think that's it. Yeah. Uh, and now Great we question. have, we have, uh, we have Keith and Swerve as tag champions. Ricky had the FTW championship for ever. And, like having to go to hook. Yeah. It's going to a white kid, but come on. It's that's, that's his belt. Like that's always been his belt. It was always going to be his belt. I have no problem with that. Um, is it a problem that uh, it seems like all the black talent are wrestling each other? But I don't, I don't know. Cause the way that I think about it too, is let's say, I don't know. Let's say, let's just throw it out there. It's Ricky. Um, Ricky, Ricky versus Miro. Who wins in that scenario? Like who comes out looking good in that scenario? Uh, who eats the pin in that scenario? Like I'm picking Miro because Miro's a, a monster. Um, he's going to just going to kick the shit out of Ricky. Like, I, I don't think Ricky gets him. I think he tries to get him into a Rochambeau and Miro gets out of it. And then it's game over. Uh, and now we have another black talent losing on a big card. So um, having, I feel like it's safe, but I also feel like there's a story there. Uh, number one, the acclaimed should be wrestling in this match. So they happy to see that. it. They yes. get that spotlight. I'm yes. so pumped for them. I can't wait to hear the crowd pop for Bowens giving Keith a suplex or something. Yes. Um, you know, like, it's going to happen. He's freakishly strong. So I can't wait for it. Yeah. They're so, um, awesome. I'm sure Billy's going to come out there, yeah. which means the gun club's probably going to interfere in some way. Mm. And I'm hoping what this leads to is when Swerve in their glory in Swerve in their glory retains FTR's music hits. Um, it's what I'm hoping happens because they've they've earned that match for the last year and a half. They've yeah. been number one contenders and haven't gotten a title match. So, um, but I'm so happy that uh, the acclaim gets the spot. And I'm I can't wait I can't wait to see what happens here. I can't wait for the entrance. Um, for, for caster, which I will be asking you a question about. Um, yeah, there's, there's so many things to look forward to here. I think representation has gotten a lot better um, in terms of, in terms of improving. I think they just need to keep doing what they're doing. I don't know that there's like a lot of improving. If, if anything, the place that they're weakest in representation is just with women. 
it's not necessarily racial diversity. It's just women. Um, Thunder Rosa had to announce that she's relinquishing the title uh, to, to an interim champion while she heals up. And we're going to, we're going to get into this later um, because of bulging discs. My dad had bulging discs and then he had herniated discs and it's not a good time. Um, but she did it backstage and she had like a two minute, one minute thing where she was obviously emotional. She didn't get the punk treatment. She didn't get 10 minutes or five minutes or whatever it was of coming out to the ring to let everybody know in front of everybody that that was happening. Now, maybe that was Thunder's choice. Maybe they didn't have time. I'm not really sure. You could have gone to commercial and then she's in the ring. You didn't have to do a big entrance or anything. Like, I, I don't know what happened there, but like, to me, that was a tiny little representation of how they feel about the women's division still over there. Uh, and it really, it really bothered me. Um, so, so in that sense, they have a long way to go, but you're getting Middle Eastern talent on there, at least South Asian talent on there with Sanjay, with Satnam Singh. Yeah. Jay um, Lethal is in that match. I forgot. I was going to say Jay, Jay Lethal uh, is, is on the card too. Sure. And Jade and Athena, and that's great. And I know it was supposed to be jading. I feel like it was going to be jading Chris again. Um, mm -hmm. or maybe even a triple threat. Maybe a I was going to say maybe a triple but threat. Chris, I mean, Chris was positioned to maybe even knock off Jade. And now uh, we have this, this women's uh, interim title match that I don't know if it's the most diverse match in the world now. It's going to rule, um, but yeah. it's going to be great. You got yeah, I, can't, and that's, yeah. I can't wait. Sheeta being in there is the one that makes the most sense. Uh, I'm, I'm still, I'm still hoping Jamie Hader wins the belt. I, I, I think, still, I mean, come I think, on. Like, I how think, great I think, would that I, be? I think it's in play, especially with the report leaking that Tony Storm yeah. was potentially uh, positioned to beat Thunder Rosa for the title. Yeah. I think a great swerve could be Jamie Hader ends up winning. Yeah. And, and if it's Tony, I'm fine with it. I think it's great. I want Tony to have the belt. We all I do. just think, I just think Jamie would be such a great swerve to yeah. build her as a baby face, like Agreed. a a huge baby face that can go out on her own, maybe join Blackpool Combat Club. Um, it's, all it's, of those it's things. Tony Get her away or, from Britt. Get her away yeah, from it's, Britt. It's Tony or Jamie, though. I don't think she is walking out. I don't think Britt is having a second reign yet. I think it's 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 one of those two. Maybe. I don't know. I, I have this feeling that Sheeta might get it the way they did with really? Moxley to give her a chance to be champion in front of fans because she didn't get that. They That's finally right. had fans back and she dropped the belt. Yeah. Like her first match in front of a crowd was her losing to Britt. Yeah. Yeah. She's so, got to get gold again. That's yeah. Point. I just don't yeah. know if it's going to happen in Chicago next weekend, but yeah, I guess, soon, soon for sure. But I guess the point here is that we don't really know. We, we can't predict this one, uh, which is the thing I appreciate about AEW, but in terms of diversity, I think they're on the right track. They still have ways to go uh, with, especially with the women's division, but I really like what they've done overall and bringing in other talent that is, well, specifically blacker talent um, that, that I've really appreciated and then letting them be themselves and not let it, trying to water down who they're supposed to be. Exactly. And, and, and that's been really great. And I, yeah. I feel, I feel really badly for, for, for swole and hopefully at some point she can make her way back in because I think there's a, there's a big place for her now. Um, but Tyler, I don't know if, I don't know if people are going to want to be coming back to the company after this week, but we'll, we'll get into that later. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. And then what, I just, what are your I'll, thoughts? Yeah. I'll just add quickly that um, 
you know, when, when we initially recognize that currently, aside from Jay Lethal, uh, these matches have uh, black wrestlers against black wrestlers. I don't know that I have an issue with that, particularly because I think the storylines of these three announced matches mm-hmm. have been so, so good. And it's a perfect yeah. mix of talent you've signed and talent you've developed. So Ricky Harks and Powerhouse Hobbs have been with the company for a minute now. They have yeah. this grudge. It's been set up so masterfully here for it. Jade versus Athena. Athena was signed. Jade's been built. They, they've had a conflict since Jade arrived months ago. Beautiful. And then, like you said, Swerving Our Glory are the champs. We love it. And the acclaimed are arguably the most overact in the company right now. I would argue that. It, anyone, that the, the heavyweight title division, the trios, the women's division, the acclaimed, uh, everyone loves the acclaimed, Brad. It's yes, not. It's, it's not true. just a gimmick. It seems like no. wherever wherever they go, whenever that they, that that siren thing goes off, that yes, burr, it's it's been beautiful. Immediately, their, their baby face turn has been so wonderfully executed. Yes. So I, I love that. It doesn't seem like they're just throwing these talents on the card just to check the the representation or diversity box. But the storylines make sense. We, yeah. we want to see it. The talents in these matches have been built. I'm here for it. I also think we can't undersell that that Bowens is not only a person of color, but is also gay and uh, is is getting that time and allowed to just kind of be himself. So I true. will never not pop for scissor me daddy ass. It will get me every time because it's so unbelievably ridiculous. It's so, just, it's, it's ridiculous. I, I think I was listening to a Fightful podcast. I forget which one, but they broke it down that the acclaimed have so many i don't know if gimmicks is the right word but they have so many parts of their act that are over before yeah. they even step in the ring they have max caster rapping well that's they just have, it they have scissor me daddy ass they have um before that they have bowen saying the name of the city to huge cheers so you have three you have three separate guaranteed huge pops before either guy steps into the ring if that's not a success i don't know what it is I feel a little bit like that's uh, that's why Billy Gunn makes so much sense following him instead of his kids, because their act is so much like the New Age Outlaws, where they were over for their entrance more than they were for anything they do in the ring, because Billy had the famouser, and then he would like always get wide-eyed and sell his ass off, but Road Dog would have the little uh, shuffle punch thing, um, which, punch, yeah. which I think Colton, I don't remember if it's Colton or Austin, one of them has that as their one of their moves now. I think, I think it might be Austin. I could be wrong. I, I think, I think you're right. Uh, okay. But they got the blessing to do that, which I think is awesome. Mm-hmm. And they could use the famouser, which I think is awesome. Uh, I just, I, I love all of that so much, but the way they enter is very much the, Oh, you didn't know. And then going into the ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, and then passing the mic to, to Billy to say, and if you're not down with that, we got two words for you. Like, I think that's perfect because that's, that's Bowen's saying chicago the acclaimed have a ride scissor me daddy ass or in the middle of the match going like this to the corner and then just like as a way to mock them is you're right there's just so many components but it reminds me so much of that new age outlaws time period even the suck it signs in the middle of the match is like the scissor me thing like it's it's uh it's very reminiscent of old school but not too old school wrestling uh, I don't know if I, if I articu- articulated that correctly. Way to fumble and articulate too. What a brace the mess. Um, someday I'll get it uh, when I'm in a better state of mind. But it's time right now for the state of 19 media, Tyler. 
And now it's time for the State of the Biz. Small Town USA is back. Join Jess and Carmen for their latest adventure as they traverse through New Jersey, not on The Bachelorette, specifically to the shore as they share the tale of the Jersey Devil. And what a summer it's been for the Orlando Magic and its fan base. On the latest episode of Close Up Magic, superfans Steven and Malik welcome special guest Adam Giorgio from the Penny and Pops podcast to discuss all things Franz Wagner. Well, I'm so happy that you had that one. Join good friend of GI and 19 co-founder Mo for the latest edition of Hidden Gems Golf. Tap in and hear his thoughts on golf's latest event, the Tour Championship from Atlanta. Jabari Davis, formerly of 19 Media and now producer for iHeartMedia, is doing great work behind the scenes for the show. Miles and Jack got mad boosties in NBA podcast. On their most recent episode, they reviewed uh, all-time clutch moments, Brad. Some really fantastic work, as always, from JD. You can check him out at Jabari Davis NBA on Twitter. Our guy Des Powell dropped a new episode of Hip to the Games. Check it out and hear his album review of Mostaf's classic from 1999, Black on Both Sides. Shout out to Des. Shout out to Late Night Lake Show. Uh, the fellows of LNLS blessed our inboxes, Brad. You can check out their latest episode as they break down the Los Angeles Lakers acquisition of the infamous Patrick Beverly. Yeah, what a what a week there. What a week. Um Warren Shaw, 19 Media co-founder, released a new episode of his podcast, Dope Interviews. Check out his latest work, a conversation with actress Sandy McCree of The Wire. And you know how we close out State of 19. Finally, shout out to Mike Steff, former GI guest, fellow podcaster. You can check out his show, The Salty Thoughts of Donnie Ooh, for detailed passionate commentary on the latest news in sports, professional wrestling, New York politics, and much, much more. In fact, Brad, you may have heard that his last episode um, included him boasting about his beloved, his amazing New York Mets. And ironically, he released this episode before the Mets lost to the Yankees in (laughs) back-to-back games. So needless to say, I listened to that episode more than once. And it was even sweeter on the second listen after the conclusion of the Subway series. But regardless, he's a great dude, a wonderful supporter. We appreciate him so, so much. You can find him at Mike Steffens underscore on Twitter. Yeah, uh, I, I definitely got to see the fallout from that. Set more than once you, you shared videos. <laughs> um, I was just like, man, I, I totally forgot baseball is a thing. It's it's um, a thing, and I I yeah. told I told Mike I said my man like a series does not start until the home team loses. I think that's applicable in so many sports. So he he was really feeling himself and was very boastful and a tad disrespectful about what the Mets were going to do at Yankee Stadium. But then I was proven right. So yeah, I had to send a video his way of of uh, me uh, bouncing to to Frank Sinatra. Absolutely, I don't regret it. I got to tell you, like, uh, I, I, I love it. But for, for me, sports these days, man, I, I haven't watched anything. I haven't watched baseball. I haven't watched hockey. Usually I catch some hockey, especially during the playoffs. I just haven't watched any. Um, I probably won't watch any this season. I'll probably miss all of the NFL. I haven't cared that football has started. Yeah, uh, it's everywhere now. And I am, and I am a, I'm a sports guy. I love sports, but wrestling has eaten my entire life. 
All I do is like listen to podcasts about wrestling, watch wrestling, <laughs> read about wrestling, think so about relatable. wrestling, trying to make sure that what we do here matters and trying to connect the dots and look at different storylines to find a lane into a conversation that maybe we haven't had before. And instead it's like, oh yeah, the Subway series happened. I forgot baseball season was happening. Uh, sitting over here as a, as a Tigers fan. The only thing I remember is from uh, that first week of the season, first, second week of the season when Cabrera finally broke the record or uh, hit his milestone, I should say, uh, and wearing my Cabrera jersey. And then I, I just figured the season was over in May. Um, I mean, it was for the Tigers. Yeah, relatable. There's only 24 hours in the day and wrestling yeah. wrestling in 2022 can be all-consuming. So know that you're it's, not alone. It's not 24 hours in a day. It's wrestling is 28 hours of a day just exactly. to get caught up no, between no, all the things and interviews and no off season, which I think actually serves us in our show very well. Absolutely. Especially given what happened this week. So I'm going to ask you a question. I'm ready. I'm going to give the, the listeners some, some context, including a throwback name. MJF, CM Punk, Eddie Kingston, Thunder Rosa, Hangman Adam Page, Eva Lise. And now we have talent meetings about contract tampering and open door policies. So to be clear, we don't know anything. Tyler, you and I have never uh, laced boots. We have never stepped into the squared circle. We have never taken a bump, uh, at least not one intentionally in a wrestling ring. Um, but we've probably taken plenty, plenty of bumps in other places. But we don't know anything what it's like in a locker room. We don't know anything about backroom politics. We don't know about backroom happenings. However, we can talk about the optics of all of this because that's the one thing we do have and do know and do see. What does this look like? After Max Caster's line this week about talent meetings receiving absolutely no reaction from the crowd. Shocking to me. Shocking. It's hard to decipher how to feel or to know about what's going on. We treat wrestling as a performance art and prof and professional sports. We do it both. So we pay attention to contracts. If a starter on a team is upset, we want to know about it because it may affect the outcome of a game. So uh, what percentage do you think of AEW's audience, given all of the things that happened this week, given the reaction about talent meetings, actually care about backroom issues? Hmm. If I were to put a percentage on it, Maybe 10%. I think at least one in 10 are are interested in learning more. I think there's a contrast contrast that needs to be made between wanting to be interested and in, in learning more about it versus I'm worried about what the future of AEW could look like. Is this the first sign that that it's crumbling, which I don't think is the case whatsoever. I would put 10% on it, though. I think the majority, as we saw in Ohio, I think they were in Cleveland, not Cincinnati, but they were in Cleveland. Um, as you as you saw, Brad, as you so astutely pointed out, the audience did not recognize the Max Caster line about the talent meeting. So for for dare I say, marks like you and I who who want to digest all things wrestling related, even including rumors uh, from from reputable sites, uh, it's interesting to us. But I think there's a huge portion of the fan base that just doesn't invest the time in it. They just want to see the product, but they don't really care too much about backstage politics or, or what's going on behind the scenes, even if there's reported drama amongst talent. So 10% sounds good to me. I don't think that's underestimating it either. I would say one in 10 is probably accurate. What's the number you would put on it? 
Yeah, I'm with you. I think that's probably right where it is. Um, we exist in social media. So when I, when I go on Twitter, if, if the algorithm is only showing me certain things, or if I've blocked, I've blocked so many people like, uh, I don't, I don't need people that specifically shit on WWE or AEW or take joy in low numbers and stuff, because I feel like people are celebrating the loss of jobs at that point. And that's just asshole behavior. So, um, I'm, I'm missing some of that stuff, but the algorithm will always put up, um, information about what's going on in the background and oh man i heard this reporter i saw this or fightful said i typically stick to fightful only because i'm not paying for wrestling observer but if wrestling observer or bix or um obviously Meltzer, if they put something out as this is what we've heard i'm, I'm gonna go ahead and trust that that's something that they did here whether or not it's true or not who knows it's wrestling it's hard to tell sometimes but man I don't know how many people are actually deep diving. I used to have conversations all the time with a student that uh, liked wrestling in class and they just liked the wrestling. They had no idea about all this other stuff that was going on. So um, I think that's probably the case for most people. They want to watch what's on their TV. They want to see what's happening, but they probably don't really care about the backstage stuff unless it affects the onstage stuff. Right. Which in this case for AEW, clearly many of the stories seemingly yes. do whether it's thunder rosa and and the situation there or cm punk and hangman page they i mean we haven't even talked about the cm punk and john moxley match this week it seems like no. uh the the rumored backstage heat is translating to what we're seeing on screen yeah. or or, and, or vice versa and i think uh i think that's probably a good transition to get into it tyler it is time for a segment we have not done in a long time what happened here? What happened here? Tyler, this this week was wild in AEW. We're going to try to keep this to eight minutes. Um, we saw John Moxley squash CM Punk who sold this plant foot. People were confused by the selling of the plant foot on a kick. You almost always break your plant foot if if you're if you're kicking and putting all the weight on it. We saw that happen in the UFC kind of regularly where people's shins have just sort of fallen apart when kicking somebody else. Um, that's, that's a normal sell, especially if that's his actually injured foot. Um, and who knows, maybe it was like legit I'm not saying he got injured in that moment, but maybe he hadn't fully hit, healed. So he wanted to sell it so that uh, during the match, he could he could get out of it quickly and go back to healing. We have no idea what's real, what's, what's not. Uh, the point is, we have heard a bunch of discontent uh, rumors from CM Punk saying he almost didn't show up to Dynamite. He wouldn't have quit, but he almost didn't show up to work. Um, to his shoot promo on Hangman Adam Page, kind of randomly... Um, not approved. Nobody knew it was coming. Made Hangman look kind of stupid uh, for not showing up and confronting him, but he didn't know what was happening. And then we have Thunder Rosa allegedly hiding um, in the bathroom, which a bunch of reports said that that didn't really happen, but uh, it might have happened. She did disappear rather quickly after uh, breaking Jamie Hader's nose, and I wouldn't want to piss off Jamie Hader. Um, she, she works pretty snug, but we even talked about it on the show that it looked like Thunder Rosa was just kicking people's heads off and 
and killing them and stuff. And apparently that's how the talent also felt about it. Way too stiff. There's working snug and then there's being dangerous. Some talent feel like this, but Tyler, we have champions that are pissed like current uh, or recently current in, in terms of CM Punk, a Thunder Rosa going on a medical hiatus, which is probably real. I'm not going to question somebody's injury, but uh, it, it is why not just relinquish the championship? Why be an interim championship champion? If that's the case, I feel like she might come back heel and lean into this. I'm a bad guy in the locker room thing. Mm-hmm. Which sandbagging she, t-shirt. Yeah. Why, why do that stuff? Uh, if you're being accused of it, yeah. apparently there's no beef between her and Marina. Uh, people made more out of that than there was. Cause they had a picture afterward posing together. Exactly. But, but there appears to be beef between Brit and Androsa. And, which, and they, which was one of the signature feuds in the women's division uh, since AEW started. And they've hated each other for a lot longer than this this most recent match. They just always agree to work together like professionals. I can't stand you, but I'm going to do my job, which I think is kind of the way you have to be in this in this industry is you have to be willing to do business and you have to be willing not to hurt somebody. Man, if, if Edge and Matt Hardy can go out there and do two matches, two, because Matt unfortunately got too injured in the first one, it was like a, a big squash and it was real. Matt got hurt. So they ran it back um, to, to do two matches given all of that history. Yeah. I think anybody can work together, uh, but Thunder Rosa and Britt Baker, you're two arguably your two big, biggest stars in the company uh, in the women's division outside of Jade, who, who should be considered an, uh, a, a top star, maybe the top star in the women's division at the moment. Um, man to have them beefing and 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 to hear all this stuff where it's not one person complaining about thunder rosa it's a ton of people complaining about thunder rosa but also a ton of people giving her her flowers about what a great leader she is and other promotions and how she's been really great working with people so we don't know again tyler we don't know what to know what to think what we uh, what's actually true all we know is that there's a lot of rumors coming out and it's happening at the same time that WWE is finally getting their shit together collectively and creatively. I don't know what to make of this. It's, it's got my head spinning. Same. Uh, the, again, this is another case where you're not alone. I think the, the two um, stories we're spotlighting here are Thunder Rosa. I completely agree with you. It's tough. I was um, very close to buying a Thunder Rosa action figure from Ringside Collectibles. Brad, I think I texted you about this. They have their Labor Day sale. And uh, I think her figure is like $20 or $21 right now, which is probably even less, slightly less than you would pay at the store. So I was just on their webpage thinking it it coincided with these reports coming out. And, you know, if if she's maybe if, if we are to believe the reports of her detractors, you know, I'd rather spend money on a figure of someone who who doesn't have these accusations, but it's tough because you and I enjoy her work. And, right. and there are reports of, of wrestlers praising her and how she gave them time to sit down and talk about the business. She has her work with mission pro wrestling, uplifting uh, other women in the industry. So I, I don't know what to make of it. Um, it's, it's, it's disappointing if, if yeah. some of what's, what the detractors are saying are, are true. And then for punk, similarly, punk is someone who, has resonated with me in a really unique way. I remember his debut on ECW TV, WWE's ECW, right, and just really connecting with him. Um, you know, saying like, "My only addiction is competition. I don't do drugs. I don't drink alcohol, but like, I want to compete." Like for thirteen-year-old me, 
I was like, oh, this is amazing. Like, I'm all about this guy. Um, so if, again, him, re not reportedly, we saw him call out Hangman Page. And if it's true that Hangman had no idea and it was seemingly Punk going into business for himself because he felt like he had to retaliate from a previous Page promo, that, as Alf Bergeson told us in our, our chat, that seems like, pun intended, a, a Punk move. Yeah. For CM Punk to do that. you, you yeah. I think you brought this up last week, Brad the proper approach you would think as, as two grown men would be to talk about it or to address him personally in the locker room or somewhere else, not in front of a crowd, not when we don't know what's coming. And then finally, Eddie Kingston, uh, Sammy G backstage, Kingston admitted he was wrong. And now that match appears like it's not going to happen on the card. So Sorry. maybe we don't get Eddie on the card. One of your most over talents. It's it's a lot, and I don't know what to believe because these are all people who I think are supremely talented and who I enjoy for different reasons. I, I it was fascinating to read the reports, but I like you feel like uh, my head is spinning. Yeah, and the the Sammy Eddie thing for Eddie to be like, yeah, I'll work with Sammy because other people didn't want to after the way that all of the stuff with the TNT title was booked, and and having Sammy just have mad go away heat. And uh, him apparently, according to reports, be, being hard to work with. I, yeah, it's just it's so hard to know what to make of it. Um, yeah, man, I don't I don't know. I I heard Brian Gewirtz say, I think on Renee's pod that that, <clears throat> that uh, they need a writer's room, not necessarily to write their promos for them, but to make sure people aren't overlapping and to make sure people are on the same page. I think that makes a lot of sense for AEW and hopefully they do something like that. And Tony, if you're listening, I am open to, uh, open to sending in a resume. Tyler, um, this is a, this is, this is a wild week. This is, I have a feeling we're going to be busy later this week. We have not yet talked about plans, uh, for, for what we want to do for this huge ass weekend. Uh, but we're, I'm sure we're going to after this is done and we're going to finish here in a second. I got to know, what are you looking forward to this week? Oh man. Yeah. Wrestling aside, I am looking forward to the second week at work and at school for me. I think I told you last week that this class seems like not something to stress over. We're kind of easing into this class I'm taking and that's not the case at all, man. Uh, it's it's work overload. <laughs> I think I totally underestimated the different pacing of this class. And we're back to the archaic discussion boards. Oh, My previous yeah. class, we had the this flip, flip grid, flip app we could use, which I yeah, actually enjoyed. I remember. Yeah, I actually enjoyed like just being able to discuss readings and, and hearing and seeing classmates. And, and now that's gone. Now we're back to the old reply to two people and formulate your written response, answer these four prompts coherently oh, and, and with quotes from the, yeah. So I, I must oh. admit that I kind of turned on, on this class pretty soon, but the professor seems incredibly brilliant and, and we'll, we'll make, make the best of it. So yeah, looking forward to week two there on the job. I have a few meetings. I have a high school visit this week. So nice. yeah, just, just looking forward to great conversations and, and hopefully a healthy, joyous week that, that's about it for me how about yourself i'm sure you have more exciting stuff going on than that no about the same so uh, i'm looking forward to the four-day work week with students leading into the fifth yes. day of the week where we have professional development that's right that's um right. we have ilt in the morning so we're, we're going to be doing something i don't know what it is yet and then uh in the afternoon we'll be meeting with colleagues and we'll be able to plan 
some some of our English. And I'm hoping if we go grade level and then some sort of specific planning that I'll have time to work on my own classes because I'm on an island doing those things, like absolute island. They're like, do you want to go meet with health? I absolutely do not. What I want to do is work on on psychology and mental and social health. Um, yeah, I, I have a lot going on there. But Tyler, I start tomorrow. My first class starts tomorrow. Um, so I, I like you. I'm hoping that my Grand Canyon University time is not repeated once I start at Northern Arizona. My 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 uh, my graduate studies there for my master's and then my doctorate work. All of it was the discussion questions two a week. Re you have to respond at least four times. You have to post to each question. It has to be 500 words. Write this essay. It's 10,000 words or whatever it is. Uh, and that's sort of it. Um, I got I got caught in a rut there and realized I was getting A's without really learning a lot. Uh, stuff that I wanted to learn, but I was like, I felt totally directionless. So I wasn't. I didn't know if I was learning the right things. I was just learning stuff I was I was interested in, but I didn't know if that's what I was supposed to be doing. Uh, so I'm 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 a little nervous because the first class is grant writing, which sounds absolutely skull crushingly boring, um, and I'm hoping that's not the case uh, because because ultimately the final project for the class is write a grant proposal, and I'm hoping that I can help get one for Jess. Uh, yeah, and if not for Jess for the for the school. Shout out to Wonder and Wander. If anybody is listening to this right now and would like to go to Wonder and Wander, I, I think it's Wonder WonderWanderKids.org uh, or .com. I'm not sure which one, but you can look up Wonder Wander Kids and you'll find it. You can make a donation if you want to support her as she starts her journey uh, into the nonprofit realm. So I've I've so much to look forward to, but like you, uh, I have a feeling that at the end of this week I am going to be like Monday. I'm going to be so tired. And just sweaty and dead uh, from from not this this Monday, the following Monday, Labor Day. Right. I'm going to I'm going to be sleeping until probably Tuesday morning uh, with with two major pay-per-views. Our podcast, the first week of school, catching up on grading and doing planning. Uh, it's it's going to end my life early, I think. But um, whatever, it's going to rule with all of the new adventures that I'm starting and I'm excited for it. Man, I'm so excited for you. I'm so excited for us, like you said, personally, professionally, and then wrestling wise. This is, I don't remember, I'm trying to remember the last time I felt this excited about a wrestling weekend. Of course, you and I were looking forward to SummerSlam, but this is just the perfect, we, we get AEW and WWE coinciding and having yeah. two shows that you and I are really hopeful about. Of course, we're always geeked for AEW, but this is the first... Well, we had SummerSlam, right? But this is clearly Triple H has his fingerprints all over yeah. this particular pay-per-view. It's overseas, it's overseas, so we're going to get a Absolutely. different feel. And finally, I don't know that it's a foregone conclusion that Roman beats Drew in the main event. He yeah. I, Odds makers are probably Roman is the favorite, but I don't think unlike some of Roman's previous matches, it's a it's a definitive, yeah, he's walking in and walking out with, <clears throat> with both titles. Drew's been getting punked for months and uh, or for a month. It feels like Drew showing up. I'm I'm going to beat you a clash. Then getting jumped constantly and constantly, constantly. He's winning matches, but then he's getting jumped. I, I think Drew has taken the belts or at least one of them or something. So, wow. Um, okay. It makes Let's the most go. sense. But I have to look at the timing. 
yeah. and and see if he's beating records. If Roman hasn't surpassed records yet, then I think they'll wait for that. Yeah, he's so at like eight hundred days now. Yeah, and I would I would like to see him do it, but like doing the two year celebration, which we know we're getting next week, even though it was taped this week, getting that two year celebration for Roman as champion, um, it, it feels a little too like a setup to drop the belts a little yeah. bit too much. So it feels like there's some finality there. Yeah. And, and I'm okay with that. Uh, Drew as a champion will be a great champion. It'll be great to have him in front of crowds. I don't know how people will react. If he takes the belts from Roman, I kind of feel like whoever does should be a heel because Roman is such a gray area guy now that I think people, anybody that, that beats Roman Roman is everybody says he's this monster heel. He's not, he's Roman. There's, it's not comparable to anything right yeah. now. I could see a I could see a baby face run for Roman at some point. I don't know how that'll work yeah. with his schedule and, and if we get a Rock versus Roman match at Mania in LA. But you can see, Brad, especially yeah. with these backstage segments with Sammy, you can see yeah. that people people want to cheer Roman. Well, so and, that's, cool. and that's the thing. It's it. This is why it's weird. He's working heel. He's super over though, like super over good guy baby face. Jimmy and Jay are working heel, and they're just heels. So you have these two heels that are in the bloodline with you, which I think is great, but they're the bad guys. Roman's not a bad guy. He's just not. He's so, just the guy. Yeah. So if he's just the he's guy, just it's the, the best guy. way to describe it. Not good, not bad, <laughs> just the tribal chief. Yep. And whoever takes the belt for him, I think is going to get booed. So wow. I, I don't, if a heel takes it like carrying cross, it makes the most sense because then you could just strap nuclear heat to him. And then he could take that on his little run or long run. Depends on depends on how you do that. Drew, I could see taking taking out Karrion Cross. Um, absolutely could see that. I could see Riddle doing it too. There's a whole bunch of avenues here we could explore. But uh, I also think Karrion Cross could work both shows and do just fine working both shows. He's younger. He has less commitments. Roman's on a part-time contract now. Uh, and he's not showing up to Rob or Cross. He could show up to both. Drew would definitely show up to both. He works all the house shows. So, um, yeah, I, I feel like it makes a lot of sense business-wise. I think timing-wise, it would make sense. I just don't know if Drew gets booed out of the building for beating Roman. Um, he won't in England, but he might when he gets back. England is the only place that Drew could take the belts, I think. Mm -hmm. Yeah, which seems convenient. I have a feeling we are going to discuss this in much, much greater detail uh, on the next episode of, of gimmick infringement, but I, this one was a blast. Brad. Yes. And I do want to add one more thing to your Please. point. Um, the looking forward to these pay-per-views. I think yeah. the major difference for me is that for, for all these other WWE pay-per-views or premium live events, we have looked at them as like, Oh, let's see what happens. And then we leave going, wow, that was really good. They know how to do pay-per-views, right? Like there's most of the pay-per-views this year have been really good. It, but we've gone into them with the expectation that they'll be really not. And then they exceed our expectations. This is the first one in my memory that I expect to be really good. I expect it. I expect it will rule. I'm looking forward to it. So it's such a difference for me to go, hey, you know, all out's going to kick ass. So Clash at the Castle is also going to kick ass. We just have really, really good wrestling coming our way this weekend. It's so true. And I know you and I don't follow the NXT product incredibly closely, but we also have Worlds Collide 
before All Out, NXT versus NXT UK, which I think is going to deliver some really awesome matches. So it's a great time to be a co-host yeah. of, G- of GI, is my point, Brad. It's it's content city for us over the next yeah. week. I can't wait. Absolutely. Awesome. Well, thank you all so much for joining us. Uh, please, please support the show if you enjoy what we do. Brad is at Wind Duster on Twitter. I am at Tyler J. McDowell. We are at GI Pod 19. Uh, you know the usual like, subscribe, comment, review. It helps us when people can find us easier uh, on the algorithms. Thank you for joining us. Uh, we hope you have a great week. We will be in your, bo- in your inboxes soon. And uh, we hope you'll join us for the next one. Gimmick Infringement is a part of 19 Media Group. You can listen to us on Good Pods, our premier partners, and Apple, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or wherever you find podcasts. You can also find us on YouTube via the 19 Media Group channel. Please like, subscribe, comment, and share.